Welcome to the Winning Edge podcast. This week we are joined by leading Sydney jockey Blake Shin. Thanks for joining us, Blake. No problem. Great to be on the show. First of all, the Golden Slipper, you've got a top hope in yes, 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 um, but the barrier draw wasn't overly kind. What are your thoughts after after the draw? Yeah, my initial thoughts obviously were a little bit disappointing. Um, drawing 16 is not ideal, but horses have won from wide draws in the past. Vancouver, Seal and uh, Ready. So Esther Judd drew 14, I think, last year. So I'm drawing... A little, drawing a little bit away from those couple, couple of horses. So, um, yeah, it's not ideal initial thoughts, but the track's going to be wet. They might play an advantage uh, come race day. The track might be better down the middle. So, look, there's a lot can happen from now until Saturday. So we'll just see what happens. And the track appears to be drying out a little bit. Are you, what, what kind of rating are you working on? Look, I, I read a report yesterday from um, the curator... Lindsay Murphy saying that uh, with weather fine, the track um, could hopefully get to a could get to a soft six. So I galloped on the course proper on Tuesday, and it was genuine wet. But we've had a bit of sunshine. There's sunshine today, and uh, predicted sunshine on Saturday. So let's hope um, we can we can get a get a soft. Soft six, soft seven, I think that'll be okay for my horse. And what are the plans from the barrier if it, if it is a, a dry track and the, the it's obviously hard to circle them at Rose Hill? What are the plans if it's um, a, a dry track than, than a heavy where it might be better out, out wide? Um, look, I'm, you know, I'm unsure about what the plans are yet. I'll, I'll have to assess, assess all, all my options um, as time goes on. Like I said, work out track patterns, work out speed of the race, and at the end of the day, ride my horse. Um, basically, on, on feel, you know, he got back last time off a frantic speed. Who knows if he, he might want to race a bit closer on the weekend. It all comes down to how the race is going to unfold, and I won't be able to tell that until the barrier is open. And you worked him on Tuesday on the heavy. How did he, how did he get through that? Um, look, I thought the horse worked particularly well. He didn't go um, go any, any any record speed. He just went out, did a bit of maintenance work. Um, he worked with another partner, a horse called Prop Response, and they just you know worked over I think a thousand or eight hundred meters, come up come up nice and easy there the last four hundred, and it was it was just nice work. It's what you what what I needed to see leading into. Leading into Saturday, the horse is fit and well. He's happy. Handled the good soft ground, so everything's good. And the Tottenham win was, was just quite impressive, um, but he was a month between runs, obviously improvement to come. Yeah, you'd think so. Naturally, he had that um, break between 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 runs leading into the Tottenham run. He had a change of trainers. There was a lot going on for the horse, um, So, I th- and especially being a young two-year-old. So... I think that adds a fair bit of merit to his performance and being off a let up, naturally he was going to improve fitness-wise in his new surroundings. I feel he's settling in uh, well to the Chris Wallace table um, and I, I just think he's just a lovely horse. He's going the right way. Um, these two-year-olds, it's all about timing, getting him, peaking, getting him to peak on the right day. 
and I think he'll be peaking come Saturday. And you won the race with Capralis in 2016. Are there any similarities there between the horses? There are a little, I think. There are the fact that, you know, they both raced before Christmas. Um, they won pre-Christmas. Um, they both ran in the Todman. Yes, 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 won the Todman where Capralis got beat in the Todman. So I think that's a good uh, point of reference. Um, yeah, they're both very precocious horses. Uh, they've both got great turn of foot. I'd say yes, yes, yes. Is um, a fraction bigger than Capitalist. He's got a, probably a bit more scope than Capitalist to run, I'd say, a, a genuine 1,400 anyway, where Capitalist was, he was lethal from 1,000 to probably 1,200 max, where I think yes, 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 has got the potential to run 1,400, may even be further. So he's a very exciting horse going forward, especially even after the slip I headed towards a sires or a champagne. And you've had a very successful return um, from injury. You've got a good strike rate this month of nearly 30%. What's been the key to having such a successful return? Look, I think the key is a lot of hard work has gone into it. I think... Uh, Hard work, preparation. Um, you know, I don't think there's one set thing. You know, you're, you're working on, you know, your riding, your riding style, your fitness, your diet. Um, there's a lot of things that make up being a, being a good jockey and a successful jockey. Tra your training, you know, relentlessly, and I think um, just being professional doing the right things and just yeah, it's just what, what 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 I do just what I do and um, it's, it's all come together in the comeback and it's been been really rewarding and what one of the big wins was um, early on in your comeback was with Tom Melbourne he's a you were seen as a bit of a miracle work with him um, did you do anything differently to to get him past the post first no nothing different you know that was just that was just right Right horse on the right day. Um, everything panned out nicely. Um, good Lord, might have been looking down on us first day back in the saddle. I don't know. Some, some bit of fate happened on that day, first day back. But we ride him actually next Saturday. Back aboard top next Saturday in the Doncaster prelude. So, um, look, he's a good horse. He's a quirky horse. Um, I like riding those quirky horses. Seem to get along with a few, along with them and that's good. Hopefully we can team up again for another win next And another horse you've got a good association with is uh, Happy Clapper. Um, it must have been disappointing to see him pull up with an issue in the All-Star Mile. It was very disappointing, you know. He, um, you know, people say that he hasn't ran to his best down in Melbourne, which is true, but he hasn't really... You know, there's been genuine excuses and, you know, there's another genuine excuse last Saturday with him pulling up with a bit of an internal bleed, I think it was, and it's upsetting for me to see because he's, you know, he's a, he's a horse dear to my heart. He puts his heart, heart on the line every time. Um, Saturday, there was, it was, it was obviously something apparent uh, was wrong with him because he didn't, he didn't go like he normally does and... You know, at least there was an excuse because, you know, if there wasn't, well, you'd be scratching, you'd be scratching your head trying to find one. So at least something comes to light. Yep.
And with, with these new races, you know, the All-Star Mile and uh, the Everest, are, are these the kind of races you try and um, focus on winning or are you, are you still more focused on the, the, the time-honoured races? Look, I focus on winning every race I compete in, um, whether it's a benchmark 64 at Newcastle or a, a Group 1 or an All-Star Mile, for that matter. That every race is important. You know, you've got your owners and breeders and punters investing thousands and millions of dollars in racing. Um, so whatever race I ride in is very, very important. Obviously, the big races are... You know, might be might be more meaning more meaningful, but even the lesser races can be meaningful for for, for different reasons. Um, so I, I give one hundred twenty percent, no matter no matter which ride. And being a Melbourne Cup winning jockey, it must be always a great thrill to return to Flemington for for a race. Yeah, I love coming down to Melbourne, whether it's Flemington, whether it's Cox Plate Day, Caulfield. It's just enjoyable to get, to go back to Victoria where I learnt my craft and and ride. Um, we missed out last spring carnival when I broke my neck, but it was just nice to get down there last last week and be back at one of the, the best tracks in the world, Flemington, and and compete. And hopefully we'll be back down there, you know, later this year during the spring carnival again. And, and just on a, on a couple of your other uh, main rides on Saturday, you've got Arameo in the Rosehill Guineas. He comes up against um, the star three-year-old, the Autumn Sun. Um, he, he's run well out of this trip in Melbourne before. Do you think he'll improve? He should. Yeah, he should. Look, I don't think he ran that badly last time over a mile. Steps up to 2,000, like you say. He's, he's got good form lines around 2,000. It is hard to see him turn the tables on the Autumn Sun. We'll be out there doing our best, and I'm sure, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll run a competitive race. He's, he's trained by James Cummings, who, you know, anything he starts, you've got to respect. Um, so I'm looking forward to riding him in that race. And, and while we're on the Auburn Sun, there's been a bit of discussion about whether whether he should take on Winks. Um, what, what do jockeys think about that kind of discussion about, you know, getting the, the best horses to race each other? Uh, just with the, with the autumn sun, there's been a bit of discussion about whether he should take on Winks or whether they should take different paths. What what are, what are the jockeys' views on those kind of things? Look, I'm not I'm not really sure. Um, I haven't discussed it with other jockeys. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't really know. That's I suppose that's up to the the trainer and the connections of the horse to decide what what's best what's best for their horses and. Who's to question Chris Waller what what um, what what path he chooses for him? I think I think he's does a great job with all his horses and yeah, I, I think whatever race he, he runs in, you know, would be the right race in my opinion. Yep, fair enough. Um, also, on prompt response in the George Ryder, um, so you take on Winks. Um, you've rode her to a victory in the Tats Tiara up here in Brisbane last year. She was pretty good behind. Um, trapeze artist when you're on him in the Canterbury do you think she'll be better suited second up? I think so she's a mare that always improves with racing she's now joined the, uh, the Chris Wallace stable and I think she's thriving under his care 
she trialled particularly well before her first up run. Uh, she ran up to those good trials and ran a, a really game race behind Trapeze Artists and Shoals. They're two really good horses. It's going to be hard to beat Wings, obviously, but I could see her. I could see her running into the placings. Definitely, she's she's, she's a really good, honest mare, and uh, you know I could see her winning another big race um, again. And and you're one of the few jockeys to actually actually beat Winks in a race um, with first seal. Is it, is it quite surreal when you look back on that? Look, I don't look back at it too much. It's a fair while. <laughs> to be honest, it's a fair, it's a fair while ago, but uh, yeah, look, mate. To be honest, it's in the it's in the past. I don't really, I don't really, I don't really think about it, and I don't really, you know, at the end of the day. Nice that I've beaten her, but I've beaten plenty of other good horses too. So <laughs> yep. it doesn't doesn't really matter. I don't take any credit for, for beating her or, or want any credit. And just back to your win on the trapeze artist, a pretty dominant win in the Canterbury. Um, you'd be pretty confident heading into the TJ. I am. Yeah, I, I'm very confident. I think he's he showed last time that he's back to his brilliant best. He's a he's an exceptional talent. He's proven that, and. No, it was great to see him on a firmer track in the Canterbury Stakes and 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 produce a you know a track track record performance and win dominantly and heading towards the TJ again and I, I think that he's that he's flying I, I you know it's hard to see it's hard to see him um, being beaten again on, on a firmish track the only thing that that's against him is a, is a rain affected track but. He's up there with the best sprinters you know, in the world, and he's one of the best horse, best sprinters that I've ridden. And uh, and uh, I've got a lot of confidence riding, and so I look forward to riding him again next start. And, and just one more ride in the um, on Saturday in the in the Randvet. You've got Natoya. She was explosive winning last start, and she's always shown top ability um, despite only winning three races. Um, is she up to winning a Group One? I think she's up to winning a Group One. Whether it's Saturday, I, I'm not sure, but I think she w- certainly warrants being in the field after that last start, uh, last start emphatic victory over 1,600 metres. She steps up to 2,000. A lot of horses in the race have been mixing their form where Natoya is coming off the back of a really comprehensive victory. So she's going the right way. And she handles wet ground. She won her first ever start as a maiden in a benchmark 72 by 10 lengths, which gives me a lot of confidence on wet ground that she's going, you know, she's going to uh, revel in the going come Saturday. Yeah, look, I'm optimistic that she's, you know, she, she's in there and it's worth a shot running her at a group one. You could easily take the easy option going to the opponent's stake but she's in the Rand vet and, you know, we're going, we're going for the Group 1 glory and if she wins or runs a place, it's going to enhance her pedigree um, for the connections and I think it's I think it's worth a throw at the stumps, definitely. And just to finish off, you're, you're uh, a Victorian boy and I think you're a big Geelong fan. Um, how do you think the, the season's shaping up? Hey, to be honest, I've lost track of the footy since I've been in Sydney a bit. OK. <laughs> But I still, I'm still, I still a Geelong heart, heart like 
follow him in my heart, but hey, racing just takes too much of my time. Yep. So, um, to be honest, I'll start following them when they get into the season. No worries, Blake. Well, thanks for your time, mate, and uh, good luck on Saturday and good luck for the rest of the carnival. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, mate.